Rasmus Lerdorf. He's the guy that invented PHP and they used like his own key to get in. So someone what? someone uh, protect the guy that invented Python real quick. Let's uh, <laughs> let's lock his keys up. Welcome to another episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches, where we cover the five most interesting data breaches from this last week and one of our favorite bourbons. I'm Steve. Howdy, I'm Shu. Nikki. Well, Nikki, what do you have for us this week? First topic is coming from Wired. Headline reads, a SpaceX engineer's dark web insider trading sparks an SEC first. Um, James Jones, 33-year-old engineer, uh, pled guilty to conspiracy to commit security fraud. Essentially, what he did was he would go onto the dark web, he would purchase names, addresses, birthdays, social security numbers. He would start bank accounts. And then with those accounts, he would jump into the trading game and make trades based on insider information that he got from others. And everything was going swimmingly uh, until he had actually sold information to a undercover FBI agent. Um, but the thing is, I saw the number that he had made so far with Bitcoin and it was like, the listed number was pretty low. It was like $37,000 in Bitcoin. And he's about to get five years. You know, pretty bad deal. What do you guys think? Yeah. How did he steal identities, create fake bank accounts, trade on insider information, and only net $37,000? That, that seems odd. The, the biggest interesting thing I found out of this article was that uh, this was was the jurisdiction that this is the sec's um first foray into the dark web so whether they'll stick with this or whether they're just trying to make an example of this guy to scare off others uh we don't know we'll just have to wait and see and uh it seems like if you had insider information that uh it's very interesting to see the sec uh start to patrol uh company valuations uh, for around cyber. Although, you know, 2020 was the worst year for breaches on record. And if you if we can say that the stock price is going to fall in confluence with the breach, then um, that would have been an interesting year to have been paying attention to that. I think moral of the story is don't do any of that. And the SEC can and will find you. They got Martha Stewart. They'll get you too. They got they got Al Capone. Al Capone did, did not get got for dealing drugs. He got got for not paying taxes. Uh, topic number two comes from Vice. Headline reads: Hackers tried to backdoor code used by eighty percent of all websites. I read the article and obviously did not really uh, absorb all of it because it's technical. It's difficult. When they say that hackers tried to get around and take advantage of 80% of websites on the internet. What does that mean? It means so, that PHP is a very good and very popular programming language. It's wonderful. It gets a bad rap. There's a reason it gets, it's used on 80% of the websites. Yeah, and it's used on 80% of the websites because of WordPress. Are you advocating for WordPress right now? Uh, you know, WordPress, uh, 
for what it does, it's fine. It's it's absolutely we, fine. We we use WordPress for purely like an internet banner, and I think that's one of the keys. Is eighty percent of the internet, uh, thankfully, does not run on PHP. That God forbid that alternative reality ever exists. Eighty percent of the websites on the internet, uh, a bunch of which are crap, are running on default. Uh, WordPress and PHP and yeah. probably like well is that stupid Google thing that they bought blog blog blogosphere mm. blog blogalog blogger blogger yeah, blogger, yeah. <laughs> so you I know blogalog better blogalog.com for all your blog blogs I'm gonna register blogalog <laughs> um so so yeah Nikki uh PHP is widely used uh, PHP has a bad reputation historically, I will say, uh, for being uh, horrible, and they are supposedly less horrible now. Um, however, PHP had their GitHub or Git taken over, and someone, presumably Russian, uh, tried to inject backdoors into PHP. Um, Thankfully, the backdoors were written in PHP, so they wouldn't have worked anyway. How dare you? How dare you? Um, most of what Steve said is correct, except that PHP is a wonderful platform and wonderful language to use. So the implication of this was that if they had gotten, if they had got, managed to get this backdoor in, um, you then download the latest version of PHP and it would have this backdoor and then therefore your website would have this backdoor in. So um, luckily they did not get through. What I found interesting and kind of funny was that they used the keys to, uh, uh, I've never been able to pronounce his name correctly, but Rasmus Lerdorf, he's the guy that invented PHP and they used like his own key to get in, which I thought was pretty hilarious. That's but, rough. Uh, <laughs> it's rough yeah so someone well, someone uh protect the guy that invented python real quick let's uh <laughs> let's lock his keys up yeah yeah so uh their response php's response was declare that their whole git server was polluted and they just trashed it moved it i think over to github um which i think is the the safest response here in, in all of this so moral of this lesson if you're going to run your own server for any reason Gotta look out for this stuff. I think um, this is actually a concerning story for third-party risk because WordPress was in no way broken into in the story. But if you backdoor PHP, you automatically backdoor every platform built on PHP. And WordPress is the most widely used platform on the internet. It's astronomical how many sites are running on WordPress. So you have to be very concerned about your third party risk and you have to monitor it very carefully. And hopefully WordPress has a very, uh, the, hopefully they have a change management process that reviews any third party code that before it goes into WordPress. Cause that, that could have been very bad if 80% um, of the websites on the internet, which are running on WordPress, if they suddenly have this PHP backdoor, that'd, that'd be horrible. Yeah, very true. WordPress is uh, originally a blogging platform, but it has 
just expanded into general content management. And it's a, um, back in the day, along with PHP, um, I would have said, yeah, WordPress is probably compromised too. They don't know what they're doing, but these days WordPress is also a very well-managed project. We, we use it not because we want to, but out of necessity. If, if you want to run a uh, efficient, uh, well-regulated website to produce content, even if you're entirely business to business like we are, um, you got to do it on WordPress. There's very few alternatives. It's very easy to, yeah. So nothing uh, serious or crazy damaging happened here. They're just basically outlining a situation a lot like the meteor from Armageddon, where it was just this close to being very bad. Bruce Willis went up there and nuked that asteroid. Well, I would say this is similar to solar winds, except for they caught it with PHP. They didn't catch it with solar winds. Yeah, yeah, that's. That's actually a very, very good analogy. This could have been very, very bad and very disastrous. Bourbon break. So this week's bourbon, it's a fun one. Uh, so this is a new bourbon and new distiller. It's called Still Austin. It's right here in the heart of Texas, in Austin, Texas. Uh, I really like the label, you know, pretty label. This bourbons actually called the musician. Uh, what I like about this bourbon, it is a straight bourbon whiskey and it is a certified Texas whiskey. I think it's the first one we've ever had on the show. Uh, let me show you a little bit more about Still Austin. So I, I remember Still Austin when they first opened up. I think they've been around for two to four years. It's, it's not been a long time. They, they make uh, this straight bourbon whiskey. They make a gin. And I think that's pretty much it. Um, I would like to do a bourbon and breaches from Still Austin. It is uh, pretty close to where we are. It's just in South Austin. Um, and it looks like a beautiful spot. Uh, it's near, it's actually near uh, St. Elmo's Brewing Company. So we've got, you know, they got a high rye, they got a new make, they got different bourbons, you know, nice copper still. So looks like a fun time. Uh, and if you don't like their bourbons and whiskeys and whatnot, you can go over to St. Elmo's and grab a beer. Um, we are with our friends at Breaking Bourbon. They did a review of this. <clears throat> so it is only aged two years. Uh, that's the minimum needed to call this a, a straight bourbon. Uh, and I believe that's also the minimum needed to call this a straight Texas whiskey. Um, and uh, I've been drinking this so far and I feel like you can really tell that, um, you know, as opposed to something like in early times or any of the others we feature on the show that have been aged anywhere from four to seven years. Uh, this is only two. Um, now, granted, it's, it's a new producer, so I'll, I'll cut them some slack, but I would like to see this as a four-year, uh, six-year. I'd, I'd like to see them uh, age this for longer. Um, also, 
MSRP of 45, that's not what I paid for it. I think I paid uh, quite a bit lower than that. Um, but uh, I would also like to see a, a lower uh, MSRP. Um, you know, I don't get anything terribly distinct from this bourbon. On the nose, it's pretty mild. I get a, a little bit of maybe cinnamon or spice. Um, I actually get a little bit of smokiness on the nose. And I'm getting um, some heat. I'm getting uh, some sweetness. I'm getting some corn. Um, and I would disagree with, with uh, I actually disagree with most of these tasting notes. I'm getting a very short finish. Um, as soon as it leaves um, my mouth, I don't taste it anymore. So, um, you know, this is a fun one. If you're here in Austin, um, I actually wanted to try this one and uh, I wanted to go to the location. So maybe sometime in the future, we'll go and, and try all the different bourbons and gins and, and whatnot. Um, so I, I'd recommend it. It's fun. Uh, but um, in terms of uh, the taste, the texture, the palate, the finish, um, you know, it's certainly not a double gold winner as of yet. I, I do appreciate that it, it is, it is distilled and bottled by them. This is not sourced. It's very easy for someone to come into town, buy some barrels, source the bourbon, and then just sell it. Right. Um, I, I appreciate they've put in the effort and, and who knows how good this will be in 10 years. Right. I'm, I'm probably tasting one of their first years worth of batches. Um, so I, I look forward to seeing how they improve. You, you have to consider uh, when we drink something like uh, Makers, they've got what, four decades on them, five, six, something like that. Well, that's your point about the price tag. You know, it's, it's, it's very difficult to pay that to pay the maker's price tag or higher for someone's DIY project, you know, in its second or third year. Yeah, much, much higher. Um, they probably make vast majority of their profits from people that go to their tasting room because it's a good location, get drunk and then buy a few bottles. So, and that's the end of our bourbon break. <laughs> Topic number three we'll be covering comes from Bleeping Computer. Headline reads, Ransomware admin is refunding victims their ransom payments. After recently announcing the end of the operation, the administrator of Ziggy Ransomware is now stating that they will give the money back. Kind of a good feel story, I guess. There are a couple of uh, mentions of not believing that this is for goodwill, that there are other things happening that are making them act this way. Based on what you guys read, what do you guys think? I don't know. How would you feel somebody robbed your house and then dropped all your stuff back by the curb? Uh, that's not a feel-good story to me. Just on the front yard. <laughs> it's all scattered everywhere. It's weird. You don't, you, don't, you don't successfully infiltrate and then hold someone for ransom and then have them pay and then return their money. So you, just, you just don't do that. So I have a theory. There have been a few ransomware gangs that have released the decryption keys. I think there's a ransomware Batman. 
And I think ransomware Batman has been breaking into ransomware gangs and holding them for ransom unless they release the people they've held for ransom. Bat Batman. Ransomware like <laughs> Batman. I think it's the hero we Batman. need, the hero we don't deserve. It's Jeff Bezos. He stepped down as CEO oh, so he can be ransomware. He has Batman. so much free time now. That's great. Oh, I love that. Richest so man. Give us of back the world. our money and we can buy more stuff from Amazon. By day. Come on, guys. By night. Uber hacker breaking into ransomware gangs. Topic number four we'll be covering today is from Bank Info Security. Retailer Fatface pays $2 million ransom to Conti Gang. Essentially, this retailer out of the UK uh, got hit with the demand. Uh, everything was frozen, and uh, Conti said, we want $8 million. And luckily, Fatface has insurance, but they have a negotiator with the insurance team as well. The negotiator said, hey, we're in a pandemic. Like, we don't have the same revenues we're making. And like, cut us a break. Conti Gang has their own negotiator that says, hey, we understand, okay? We don't want to bankrupt you guys. We'll give you a discount that will basically level this all out. Fatface pays $2 million as ransom. Um, I look forward to the movie played by Liam Neeson as the negotiator. <laughs> yeah, it's like the dog day afternoon of ransomware. Wow. Ransomware, they have their negotiator. Um, these are these are businesses. The, these these are absolutely businesses. And and this was the, um, the this was like the bot the buyer or the buy manager. Let, this, let, let's just be clear that taking over and freezing somebody out of their own systems and DDoSing them and probably making backups of all their files and their entire user database is not exactly altruism to walk away from that with for, for $2 million? No, no. I mean, $2 million, the, the, the key here is that um, one, there's insurance now, right? Not, not just data breach insurance, but some sort of ransomware insurance that comes with a payout and a built-in negotiator. So like kudos on the insurance industry for building whatever that package is. Um, I don't know how they would ever justify that because I can't imagine that the premiums are $2 million. So I feel like someone got soaked there. Um, and then uh, kudos on, uh, like, this is just a weird story. I'm very happy that Fat Face, uh, who I did not know was a retail brand until just now, but I'm, and I'm very glad that fat face uh found a way to get their systems back up and running so one funny thing about this we haven't discussed is that the initial the initial press on this uh ransomware was how fat face bungled the messaging and that's because they sent out an email that said uh the subject line was like strictly private and confidential and people took that as you want us to shut up even though you stole the you you had your your information stolen so um yeah that probably was not good messaging it was probably done by someone from legal marketing and they weren't thinking but it had severe consequences on the initial 
press of this? I mean, yes, but also it's very difficult to have a sense of humor because people don't have a sense of humor about this stuff. You know, I mean, if your subject line is oops, you know, you're going to get a similar, a similar reaction. And then if you say, well, sorry, uh, we messed up. Here's the limit of the exposure and we'll give you ID theft protection or something like that, you know, or free uh, credit checks for a year, then you're just doing what everybody else does. So it's, it's mean, very, yeah. it's, it's a very difficult audience to please. Yeah. Yeah. If, if they just said that, but they said, but they said strictly private and confidential. And that was spun as fat face wants us to shut up about this. We're the victims here and they want us to shut up. Yeah. That, it was a silly uh, subject for that email. I think someone said it was like auto flagged by office or something, or that's how they, they tagged it internally. Um, regardless, uh, they should have used the standard we've been breached template. And it's sad that one of those exists because that's the day and age we live in where you can standardize your I've been breached response. Is there a company that does that? Because I feel like there needs to be a special PR company for specifically when you've been breached. Because there's a we've covered a lot of ways not to handle that event, right? Like, don't lie about it. Don't deny it. Um, don't not file with the proper agencies. Uh, and then don't say, please keep this confidential, even though we've not kept your information confidential. You know who went the old fashioned way? Luby's. Luby's information systems affected by a cybersecurity incident, which is as old fashioned as it can sound, uh, given that this is a modern uh, problem. So we're looking at the SEC's post, the official disclosure, um, basically just not saying much, but saying enough to alarm anybody who's over the age of 65 and taking advantage of the discounts. What do you guys think about this breach? Does it affect you? So one weird thing about this breach is that we're first hearing about it from their SEC 8K, which is similar to, similar to the SEC 10K, um, which is a quarterly, I want to say quarterly report that uh, public companies have to file. Um, it's weird for a breach to first show up in the 8K. I, I think it's the first time I've ever seen it. Um, usually in like the 8K or the 10K, you see like, you know, internal initiatives and plans for intellectual property and profit and loss. And like, you can learn a lot about what the company is going to do strategically, but, but usually not a data breach that it's, it's weird. And it makes me wonder how, how the, the 8k was the first thing that we're learning about this. Um, and like you said, Nikki, they, they've disclosed very few details, um, Legally, they should have to disclose details to various state governments, but who knows when they're going to do that? Well, you don't know if it's a data breach. What if they just had the key to the little cashier that they use? It just says cybersecurity incident in the report, yeah. Yeah. So the, um, what could have played into this is that Luby's was sold to a liquidator um, at the end of last year. So who knows how much longer they'll still be around and maybe the current owners are just like, screw it, we're just gonna do the bare minimum here 
because this brand will not be around soon and we're just going to close off all the restaurants. So, um, yeah, there's a, there's, there's confounding, um, interest here going on. So not sure what's happening with that. Yeah. That liquidator may be in for a rude awakening because there's actually fines and fees for not doing what you're supposed to do. So um, if they don't follow all the proper uh, guidance, then they may end up owing money on this deal. Yeah. But a uh, worst case scenario is that customer, sir, customer data was leaked. We don't know if that's true. Um, and like we joked around, I mean, these are primarily, their they're, they're primary clientele are senior citizens. So worst case scenario, you've just opened up a lot of senior citizens, uh, a vulnerable population to further cybercrime. Yeah, the, the senior citizens are a target for a number of reasons. Uh, you can steal their uh, social security. You can steal any government benefits. You could change their uh, Medicare. Is it care or Medicaid? Yeah, Medi Medicaid. Medicaid. You can change their Medicaid and commit uh, medical fraud. Um, so senior citizens are, are uh, and, and then of course, uh, cybercrime and senior citizens don't really mix, right? The senior citizens don't have a lot of tech savviness to deal with it. So um, yeah, they're, they're a top target population, uh, an ideal population for cyber criminals. Um, so this could be a very concerning data breach um, if it's a data breach. Even if it's just financials, right? Even if it's similar to the target breach where it was something at the register that was recording um, you know, credit cards and debit cards, that's still highly concerning because you think of who's not gonna check their credit card, debit card statements terribly close. Uh, it's probably the senior citizen group. But hey, pour one out for Luby's. It's chicken fried steak and the Luann platter. A Luan platter. I feel like yep. she's spent far too much time at Luby's. I have, you know what? I went to Luby's a lot when I lived in Austin, and I am not going to apologize for I it. I feel like the whichever ransomware gang hit them should send me a $4 check on my birthday. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I think one question I'd like to ask, I guess, before we, we wrap this up is um, old. Older people. Oh, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. Night, everybody. <laughs> the gears are turning. Older folks that are retired and have done their job their entire life, did the right thing. They saved, they invested, they were smart, they were savvy. Um, now, are they just the perfect target for anyone who is any hacker that's like, well, this is a susceptible demographic because they're not checking their statements. They're not really good about using the internet in a, in a cyber secure way. Uh, if I were to you know, do whatever number of scams on them, they likely wouldn't even see it happening. They wouldn't know. And how long can it go? It, is it feasible that these are being thought of at this moment is that are they happening and if there's anybody who has older people in their families that they look after that they want to take care of is it something they should worry about 
Yes. Fair so um, we, we've uh, attempted to work with the AARP several times um, precisely because the um, older generation typically has more wealth and less technical capability than the younger generations, right? So they're going to be a higher target. Um, we will we'll continue to keep working with AARP. We'll eventually strike some deal with them. Um, but the AARP is incredibly concerned about um, technology-based attacks against the older generation. The number one item on their list uh, this last go around was um, uh, robo-dialers, right? and uh, robo scams and uh, building systems that can, using AI and machine learning automatically filter out uh, those types of scams. So, and, and everyone, everyone gets those types of scams, but uh, I think anyone on this uh, video cast um, doesn't understand how targeted the older generation is for those types of scams. I, I think robocalls are explicitly for uh, the Mimas and Peepaws of the world. And so um, we, we wanna work with them because it's highly unlikely that um, the older generation understands how exposed they are. It's highly unlikely they're using password manager. So account takeover um, is going to be incredibly common um, and then all the damages that could happen with account takeover. Uh, a, the main line of defense against those damages is uh, multi-factor, which is usually not turned on. So yeah, there's, um, there's a lot of risk with the older generation, um, not just in the US, um, but the older generation uh, worldwide. Um, because account takeover is going gangbusters and they aren't prepared for it. Yeah, I never realized that there would be, I mean, I guess because they're just overlooked, you know, like they're, they now all have their jitterbug phones that have internet access, but unfortunately that has access to everything that has their money in it too. So that, I never thought about that before today. That I don't, <clears throat> I don't know a single old person who doesn't have um, at least one Apple product. So you, you say jitterbug, but I, I think I think iPhone has good penetration, um, and um, it's going to be very easy to sign up for apps on the iPhone, but not be aware of the risks. This has been an episode of Bourbon and Data Breaches. If you like what you saw today, please like, comment, and subscribe. If you didn't like what you saw today, argue with the first people and also like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, if you have bourbons or breaches you'd like us to feature on the show, you can email us at contact at hacknotice.com. Until next time.